1: So uh, the best advice or best quote that I, I read is, which stuck with me is, what we feel doing the most is usually what we most need to do. So in my day-to-day life, if I feel fear do, fear doing something, then I, I just do it anyway because I know that's where the growth going to come from.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Sharma and in this episode, we're back with the ex-baker the Singh. He's also the general manager of iconic property services. Lending in Australia with nothing but $1,800 to his name, Singh now owns eight properties unboxing his three simple rules for managing the property market and his personal secret to maintaining a strong mentality. The most important lesson one can learn when studying success is this: If you want something, you have to risk something. Seeing is no exception. Sharing the stress he felt when he began investing.
1: I started to uh, obviously learn about property in 2013 when I got that book, 13 or 14, and I, I put my first deposit down in 14, uh, which didn't really work out for me. Uh, I went to um, I mean. When I was researching the, uh, the property market, uh, there's a, I was looking for options like where, where can I get the information and seminars were quite popular at the time, you know, going to seminars. And I went to one of the seminar to one of the Spruka, he's a, I would, I would call a Spruka developer. And I went to his seminar and he promoted uh, off the plan townhouses. So because uh, reading through books and getting I uh, had some initial knowledge I thought that's probably not a good idea but then my 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 budget was quite low like a three ninety, three eighty. 380 so that's all I could afford at the time so I said okay let's let's go ahead with it and I paid that deposit and um, so long story short that turned out to be uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't buy that property because he. I think he he had like a 20, he only needed like 20 people because he was building around 20 townhouses and I was w- not one of the top ones so he after after a, after a year he said uh, I might have I might have to give you a deposit back because I mean we, we can't get a, you get you a townhouse so I felt like that was uh, kind of you know one of the lowest moment for me uh it was quite stressful for first of all to lose that growth that could have happened in in that one year time uh, I, I did some calculations so it was like more like a 50 to 60000 dollars growth that happened in that 14 to 15 uh, 2015 to f- uh, around that time and that was that, that was uh, that, that was one opportunity cost and other than that, uh, that just the stress going through this um, this process like waiting for the deposit you are you're not even sure if you're going to get it back and you don't know how who to approach to get it back so that was one of the I would say lowest moment that that happened in starting of my journey.
0: Yet, despite the anxieties he felt, Singh persevered. After all, he was prepared to take the risk.
1: I always, whenever I'm in a situation like that, I look for what is the other, what, what is the alternative, and there was no other alternative to invest in something else because property is the only thing where you can get that leverage, you can multiply your returns, uh, you have the control on your investment. And, um, and all these things, so I knew I had to go back to property. I need to keep uh, pushing myself because that's, that's the only asset class where you can track 30, 40 years of history. And it's all, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you can easily say there's a 6 to 7% compounding growth in those 30 to 40 years. You can even track back up to 100 years. So, so that's why I had a lot of faith in property investment. So I, I just kept pushing myself just backing myself. So I took some time off. I thought uh, there is a bit of a gap. So I need to bridge that gap. I need to learn about contracts and all that property related stuff. So again, I went back to that, you know, that um, daily ritual thing. So I had, um, uh, uh, I was making my list even at that time. So I I put that onto my list. Like I need to learn more contracts, property growth areas and all that stuff. And uh, I start, uh, you know, expanding my knowledge. And that took me another maybe 6 months to be confident again and that's when I put my first deposit. Uh, I ended up buying a property in um, um, Campbelltown area. So yeah, so that was $500,000 property uh, that I bought. Um, So yeah, I bought it in 2015, settled in 2016. So that's that's how it...
0: For Singh, finding his first property was no easy feat. Investing on a baker's salary proved challenging but with an unwavering mindset, it was in no way impossible. You
1: was anyway, just uh, looking into the market. So being in the market the whole time, uh, searching for properties and same time, you uh, you know, expanding your knowledge. You, you know what to say no to will, will, uh, will give you that benefit. So that, that's, that's where I, I end up. I mean, it wasn't easy to find a property under $500,000 even at that time um, in 2015, end of 2015. So I, I landed on this property, um, it was like a 474 kind of property and then I, I made some upgrades and it was ended up buying, ended up buying for $500,000. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a house, three bedroom, two bathroom, double garage uh, on 400 meters square land. Uh, yes, so that was mainly for investment. Uh, I moved there for for some time to, to get those incentives. So, um, yeah, so it was mainly for investment. I didn't really, I didn't really put you know that um, that fancy bench top or anything like that. Any, anything like that. I kept it very simple because I was clear that it, it, it is gonna be investment later down the track.
0: Having now got one property under his belt, Singh was not ready to retire, with his borrowing power on the edge. He was ready to double his work if that was what it took.
1: When I was actually buying that property, I spoke to my broker and my broker said, your borrowing power is pretty much on the edge. So you need to do something about it. And I said, okay, that's interesting. So I said, okay, I might want to start doing a second job. So while that property was under construction, a loan wasn't approved yet, I I started doing a second job. So that actually took uh, my income from $70,000 to maybe around $100,000, was pretty much doing two full-time jobs at the time. And my broker looked at the numbers and he, she said, okay, we can actually get you a next property. Um, and we also have that you know equity built up in your property. So I said, okay, let, let's do that. So I ended up buying second property right after that as I, as I bought my um, first property. And as we were settling on that second property, we did the numbers again, and I still have more equity. And I also had some cash saved up from doing two jobs. So I pretty much bought three properties within that uh, within that one year in 2016.
0: Three properties now locked under his belt and juggling two full-time jobs effortlessly, Singh was unstoppable.
1: Now the first one uh, in New South Wales and second and third was in Brisbane. Since then I, I have total of seven properties. I actually had eight and I sold one of those. So I think that was the aha moment when I bought three properties. So I went from 2015 having no property and 2016 buying three properties and I looked back and said, is, is it really real? Like I have three properties. <laughs> so so that was kind of aha moment. I thought I probably have to wait for some time now before doing any more, buying more, any more properties and might need to figure this out properly before I go on, um, on, on next purchase. And then... Another aha moment came when uh, I, I I bought two properties uh, just before COVID, and those properties actually doubled uh, within almost doubled in in that two years time. And one was actually a, a renovation deal uh, where we bought that property pretty much on on the land value, so uh, so around eight hundred sorry one hundred eighty thousand dollars. So that was the land value, and we pretty much paid one hundred eighty for that and that property uh, when once it was renovated in a couple of months uh, it was almost like a 50% up uh, within within a couple of months yeah so that was one property and there's another one that i bought during uh, just before covid uh, was in south south australia uh, i bought in self managed fund so my plan was to hold that property for maybe 10 years and then maybe buy something else but that property also like almost doubled, like 80% growth within uh, within two years.
0: Having solidified himself as a successful property investor, Singh uncovers the evolution of his strategy when it comes to managing his property deals.
1: When I started, I didn't have any strategy. I was just going by whatever I read in the books and whatever I learned from other people. But as I read that um, the Steve McKnight book and that 11 second solution uh, that he had like I mean, if you need to buy more property, you need to have some sort of, you know, filter to filter down locations or properties, because otherwise there's thousands of properties, thousands of suburbs. So you need to have a set of rules that you can apply to find those properties. So that way you're not spending hours and hours and days researching, because you can easily paralyze yourself with with all the information that we have. So I thought I have to come up with some sort of strategy. And inspired by 11 second solution from um, Steve McKnight, I, I created my own set of rules that I now use to buy my properties and my clients properties.
0: Coming up after the break, seeing imparts an important lesson for listeners, the three simple rules to find a good market.
1: I have three simple rules to find a good market. So first one is
0: the importance of building a strong portfolio and the value it can add to one's employability.
1: So main uh, re- reason to, to build a portfolio is just to have options.
0: Some words of wisdom he learned through his experiences that stuck with him across time.
1: The best advice or best quote that I, I read is which stuck with me is what we fear doing the most is usually what we most need to do.
0: And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Though there is no exact recipe for success, Singh is fairly confident in his strategy for finding a good market.
1: I have three simple rules to find a good market. So first one is uh, I, I, I spend some time on market selection. So when I'm going into doing a market selection, I look for high demand, low supply areas. So um, so if, if supply is, uh, if, if a demand is high, supply is low and is expected to stay low, that means there's a pressure for the growth. And um, so that, that's what I look for when I'm looking for uh, a market to invest in. That, that's, that's the main reason why I generally uh, I do make videos and things like that. And then I, I generally recommend staying away from apartments and house and land packages in the regional or, or city fringes because there's no, you know, there, there's, a, there's no supply pressure there. So, so that, that's, that's, that's the first rule that I apply. Uh, that's for market selection. And the second rule is for property selection. So how I do property selection? So I, I look for land to asset ratio. So I, when we're buying a house, I like to stay close to, uh, you know, seventy percent land to asset ratio. That means seventy percent of our money should go toward buying the land, and thirty percent should go toward buying the building part. So, uh, so that means we're buying established houses in in good locations where land is more valuable. So, so that's for the houses and for the units, I, I, I'm I, a little bit flexible. I say, okay, let's let's go with 60 and 40. So 60% of your money should go toward buying the land portion. How you work out land value, uh, we, we can always look for the lands, uh, recently sold land in the area, and then we can work on meter square, you know, rate for the uh, for that um, uh, uh, price, and then we can multiply that by your land. Um, and, 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 and you can come up with some sort of number. And I have a third one, which is diversification. So uh, obviously, every market is can be in different cycle. So you want to take advantage of different market cycles. So I, I, I would always say you need to diversify your portfolio first on the basis of location. So that means you're buying in different uh, locations. So if one of your property is not growing because that market is you know, uh, stagnating for some time, then, then your other property should be growing if it's in a different market. So you should diversify on the basis of location, and at the same time, you should also look for diversifying on the basis of strategy. So you don't want to buy similar type of properties every time. You, you want to buy maybe some properties purely for buy and hold, and some properties you can buy maybe slightly newer, uh, maybe 10 years old, 15 years old, where you can get that depreciation so you can, you can get that tax back. And you also want to have some properties that need some renovation or that has potential to sub, uh, you know, subdivide. So that's where, that way you're always busy with your portfolio. You, you, whenever you, you uh, if you don't have the growth, if the growth is not happening, you can manufacture that growth by doing that renovation or subdividing.
0: While these three rules can help us when looking into the property market and navigating the research, seeing suggests on how to build a strong portfolio.
1: So, main uh, re- reason to to build a portfolio is just to have options. So, when um, I mean my next uh, my next plan is to take this portfolio to 10 million, uh, you know, valuation. So, at the moment, it's more around 4.5 to 5 million. So, I wanted to take it to 10 million, which will be which is like a big leap, and I want to do that in like five years. So a, a, a portion of it will come from uh, maybe uh, growth in my portfolio and uh, I might buy a few more properties as well. So the first thing I want to do is take it to 10 million valuation and then I can start a second phase where I can might, um, where I might do maybe a bit of um, subdivision or maybe a bit of development or maybe a, I sell a portion of the portfolio and move that money into maybe big commercial properties. So that's, that's the uh, like medium term plan for me. I'm actually doing renovations at the moment, so we we're not on my properties, the clients' properties. So we're doing a renovation. We also, I'm talking about doing subdivision, and uh, there is some. Uh, I'm partnering with someone else who who does developments. So I'm I'm at the moment. I'm just uh, partnering with the right people who can help me with with those, these kind of stuff. But I haven't actually started doing it for myself yet. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much uh, when. I I, I I mean, in five years time, when I will be ready to do it, then I will be going really hard on developments and things like that. But at the moment, I think uh, my portfolio has, has, has gained, I mean, a lot of value by applying those rules that I, I talk about. And that's, that's why I, I am still, uh, even my, my, my client that I'm serving at the moment, we're pretty much building the initial phase where we're just buying those properties. And not doing much with the property and just holding for, for now. And then we will move on to that subdivision and uh, renovation and, and development phase a bit later.
0: From nothing but $1,800 in the immigrant dream to eight of his own properties, Singh imparts his best advice to those who are curious on how he managed to succeed from so little.
1: So, uh, the best advice or best quote that I, I read is, which stuck with me, is. What we fear doing the most is usually what we most need to do. So in my day-to-day life, if I fear, do, fear doing something, then I, I just do it anyway because I know that's where the growth is going to come from. And yeah, so that, that's what I follow. Because um, if if, you, if you're if you very comfortable, if you're very comfortable with what you're doing, um, if, if you go back to my job that I was doing, uh, working as a baker, I was very comfortable there. And if I just kept doing that, there was no growth there. Um, so that's that's why I used that monotonous work to learn about property investment and um because I knew I didn't have to think about it. So I, I knew I wasn't growing when I was comfortable. I need to come out of that comfort zone to do something and build something. And because it worked for me, so that's why I I, I, I always uh, that that's why that quote stuck with me, I think.
0: Thankfully Singh's wisdom does not end here as he looks back to what he would say to himself ten years ago.
1: I would have said to myself that always, I mean, start investing early on. So if you can, if you can, um, I mean, if you don't have the money to invest or if you don't have the knowledge to invest, just start with something because investing is a habit. So uh, you need to grow that habit. For example, what I'm doing with my son at the moment is he's seven, year, seven years old and he's already investing his money. He, he got like $100 at the moment and he invested that money with, uh, within my company and every month or or two months that he invests he he get that five dollar extra so he knows his money is growing and he's learning that investing and compounding and and he also learning one of the important lesson uh patience so he need to patient patiently wait for the investment to grow so that's uh, i would have advised myself to start as early as possible next five years in my portfolio side of it I'm excited to grow it to to that level that 10 million kind of level and then I'm also excited to go into that uh, that that phase where I can take action and uh, execute those plans that I have which is to build a certain level of you know cash flow a certain level of positive cash uh, cash flow that's that's I'm striving for so that's I think I'm quite excited about that at the same time, um, I, I believe I'm, I'm really excited to look at my business goals as well and, and just a combination of those that's keeping me excited at the moment.
0: No doubt you'll, you'll reach those goals because as you said, most of this is a habit. Once you develop that habit, everything just continues to flow on. So, I think you'll achieve that quite well. And how much of your success, uh, Lakwinder, that uh, you believe has been due to your skill, intelligence, hard work and how much of it do you think has been due to luck?
1: I believe luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So I'm not, I'm not at all superstitious. So uh, I have no place for luck in in, in my dictionary. Um, I think success comes with growth mindset and at the same time taking action. And uh, you can leverage skills and intelligence from other people, but you need to have that mindset in order to grow. So I don't think luck has any place in my in my life.
0: Thank you to LaQuinda Singh, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.